Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Prez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I am he is. Indeed, you are. Uh, normally, we'd be answering your questions this week, uh, but we don't really have a whole lot of them. If you have any questions, I want you to go ahead and send those in, whether it's about WoW or Diablo or whatever you want, uh, as long as it's lore-related. Uh, now, or Weablo. <laughs> Weablo's my favorite game. Especially, like, Weablo of World. <laughs> you can go ahead and send those questions to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Discord, you can go ahead and send those in to our uh, Q and Podcast Questions channel, or... If you are a Patreon subscriber, you can hit us up on our Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel, where we do tend to look first for those questions, specify which of our many shows it is for, and uh, we'll be more than happy to make sure that they should wind up in the right place, and we'll get to them eventually. Uh, this week, though, we are going to be working on a little bit of a theme episode, uh, maybe some mild spoilers for the current patch that is live in WoW, uh, but this spawned from a work conversation with our tentacle-loving friend Mitch, uh, who embraces all things Voidy. Uh, so here's what Mitch posed, and then we'll give some context and then give our, our thoughts on it and kind of break down from there. Uh, a thought occurs from a gameplay viewpoint. Of course, World of Warcraft needs villains and old gods and wars, etc. But from a logical lore perspective, why wouldn't the Titans prefer Alderoth, the Titan Utopia, as the timeline that must be preserved? Why is it a rift that must be closed? Why is our timeline where the Legion invades, the Scourge happens, Sargeras stabs Azeroth, and Norzormu ultimately becomes Murazon? Why is this preferable to the Utopia? From here, I think we could talk about other things, but I think the context here is, is right now, it's all about the Bronze Dragonflight on live. And that Bronze Dragonflight is 
dealing with bringing in the the reining in the the timeways, making sure they're clear and back to where they need to be, uh, and then sort of dealing with the whole infinite dragon flight and what they're doing, not just in the past, like where they have literally tried to go back into the past where Galakron has just fallen uh, and making sure that Murzon happens then, which isn't supposed to happen, uh, completely throwing things into disarray, or whether it's Morchi, the evil version of Chromie, uh, trying to uh, force that to happen or have mirror images of herself or different, different timelines, uh, of themselves sort of there trying to help push the infinite dragon flight around uh, or whatever you have there. It's, it's all about that. And occasionally rifts will open where they go to alternate timelines. One of them being as Merloth, where you are dealing with the accidental timeway thing that we created, uh, where we accidentally sent a Merlock through a time rift and created a world in which all life on Azeroth was Merlock based, which Sometimes doesn't sound as bad. Uh, There could be the one where you have the Titans prevailing, uh, where it's literally a perfect utopia of order. Uh, And then there's, I forgot what the other ones were. Do you remember what the other ones were? So I think there's seven of them. There's the Asmorn timeline, which is the alternate timeline in which the Scourge wins the war and takes over the world. There's the Asmerloth timeline, which we already talked about. There's the Azeroth, A-Z-E-R-O-T-H timeline, where King Mechagon manages to activate the Doomsday device and eradicate all organic life from Azeroth. Uh, There is uh, Azrath items, in which the Burning Legion has won the second war and the world is overrun by demons. Uh, There's the Azkuroth which is the timeline in which the Black Empire was never opposed by the Titans and continues to rule in the planet, uh, which, you know, lots of lovely Nazafian things happen there, a lot of tentacles and squelching noises. I think Mitch is a real big fan of this one. Uh, There's Warlands, which is uh, where the Alliance and Horde never had a reason to band together against threats on the planet, so the faction war just continued to escalate and never stopped. Uh, and then I think that's it. No, uh, Alderoth, which is the one we were talking about, which is uh, Titans and Still Order with an Iron Fist and quash any threats of corruption such as the Old Gods. So lots of various different timelines that, that could have happened, uh, yet not ours. And so the idea is Alderoth seems like the one that the the the... the the Titans would have really wanted to go for, right? We know that they're order, they're beings of order. They want to reorder the planet. They want to reorder the, the cosmos. They're sort of programmed to do that. So why isn't Alderoth the default? Why isn't that what we grew in or revolved from? Like, it would make sense, or at least logically, when you start breaking it down, that why Alderoth would maybe be the default. It would be the perfectly ordered Azeroth in which... There is no variance. It, it grew exactly as the Titans wanted, with the old gods going away, uh, every threat being squashed, the, the Burning Legion never happening, uh, or being defeated in such a manner that it never ever came to Azeroth in, in and of itself. But why isn't that the default timeline? Wasn't Why isn't that the preferred timeline, a completely untouched, unbothered Azeroth? Because it isn't. Uh, the proper timeline. It's invading, just like all the others are. Uh, the seven timelines that you're talking about, they're invading. They're infecting. 
they're corrupting our timeline. They're not supposed to exist. Even the Titan Utopia isn't supposed to exist. But I guess that's the question. Why isn't the Titan Utopia supposed to exist? Because the Titan Utopia does not. It only has order. All of these timelines are, for lack of a better word, where one cosmic force achieves ascendancy over the others. A timeline where one cosmic force achieves ascendancy over the others is a timeline that is doomed. That's what I've been thinking about ever since Shadowlands, ever since the Jailer. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's like, you know, you have no idea what's coming. And we keep seeing the, like, I don't want to say evidence of, but hints of the idea that the cosmic orrery is, it's it's corrupted by perspective. Um, one possibility, like one thing I, I always kept up was we had the original cosmology chart and then we had the one in the uh, Grimoire and Shadowlands. Yeah. Which wasn't, it was just inverted. It was just look at it from this angle. But I started to think about that from the perspective of it's a two dimensional drawing of extra dimensional planes. Yeah, and we talked about that before because, like, the two dimensional drawing isn't even just of like a three dimensional space because reality is made up of more than that. It's made yeah. up of more than just a stock three dimensions. You have time and space. You have uh, the weird way that planes can intersect each other and overlap. Yeah. And, and, in this, yeah, and in this uh, setting, you have all these extra dimensional planes that are like the homes of, like, for lack of a better word, the various fundamental cosmic forces. Yeah. And it is, Asim- you know, I, I was saying Asimov, sorry. Uh, Ulderoth might look like the Titan utopia it may be even called the titan utopia but the titan utopia is only a utopia for the titan and also when we say the titans we don't even know that the actual titans are involved in it Mm -hmm. uh it could just be the titan keepers the keepers are not the titans they are creations of the titans that were put here to keep azeroth on keel so that the essence inside of it could develop if they achieve perfect symmetrical order they could very well be strangling the baby in its crib. Yeah, so it's interesting you bring that up because I think there's a couple things, and I'm on the same wavelength with that, right? Because one of the things we've also seen that's been a theme of our, I'd say the last maybe three, four expansions even, is this idea of evolution, right? This idea of growth and sort of becoming more than what you are. And I think Shadowlands really put a lot of that in perspective in terms of for Azeroth, right? We used to think that the old statement of, you know, eating Lashan's heart and then having it say, rebuild the final Titan was putting Azeroth back together again and making Azeroth just another one of the Titans. But you posited a long time ago that what does that even mean? What does that mean to, to rebuild the final Titan? What if it was always the intention of Azeroth to be something more than what it was? And this is well before Shadowlands. Then we get to Shadowlands and we get to the the sepulchre of the first ones. Uh, We wind up in uh, this sort of, uh, it's it's not quite a tomb, but it's like a a repository of information, a repository of of the cosmos that touches Azeroth in a way um, and gives us sort of like this context where there might have been a grander plan. There might have been something else that the first ones were looking to do, and it might have been to fight that threat that the jailer talks about, like you pointed out, that you know maybe 
they knew about from the very beginning or could sense and knew that it was coming, like the great devourer, the great uh, time between or space between planes or whatever it is, which we now know, thanks to confirmation in the Shadowlands, are things that do exist. There are things that consume anima that that can come from different realities or aren't exactly part of our universe that can enter into our universe uh, almost Langolier style and start eating the place up. Uh, Langolier style being a reference to uh, a Stephen King novel in which the history is, or past is eaten. Like there is no time travel uh, it, it, because there, there's no such thing as going back in time. Regardless though, it's, it's a fascinating idea. And when Mitch asked this question, I, I brought up something similar. It's, but there's also another thing. Alderoth isn't a utopia. And I think that's one of the key things that a lot of people that ask the, like this particular type of question miss. Alderoth, I think, is what happens when the Titans programming doesn't work, when they go haywire, when when the code is is disrupted or the virus infects. Because think about it. The game hints that the Titans are, or at least strongly suggests, that the Titans are created with a specific job in mind, like very likely by the first ones, very similar to the Pantheon of Death, right? They all seem to have a mantle of power. They all seem to have a very specific thing that they want to do when it comes to within that realm of reality. And we know that they tend to order planets and then move on. They don't stick around. They don't, they don't like watch and nurture the planet to make sure that it keeps going in the route that it's going to. Even with Azeroth, even when they showed up, even when they plucked the old God from it, learned that they wounded the planet uh, and put all the facilities in place. They didn't stay around. They didn't, they didn't, you know, incubate the egg themselves. They trusted watchers or things that they created to handle that for them while they moved on throughout the rest of the universe. It wasn't until uh, Sargeras came back and was threatening the place that they show back up. Right. Am I, am I wrong in that? Well, I think it's more that Sargeras basically when they ran into Sargeras, when they finally understood what was happening to him and they confronted him, they attempted to reason with him by mentioning Azeroth. By saying, look, we've we actually found one of those worlds that was corrupted by those things you're so worried about, and we fixed it. And he did not take that because the way he took it is basically that they were fools for even attempting to do so, and that you know. But I I always have thought that it was more a reaction of if you could have saved it, if you could have fixed that world instead of just destroying it, that means he murdered a baby. He murdered a baby Titan that could have been saved had he managed to figure out a way to do it. And that was not something he was willing to listen to. No, that's a very damning thing to think about too. Yeah. That makes him a failure. A rebel is not a failure. A rebel has said this entire thing is messed up. We need a better way. If you could actually have succeeded in the older way, if you could have just fixed the world, then all the steps he'd taken rebelling against the Titans, you know, pursuit of order, going to break his own prison to let the Legion out, all the worlds he's scoured since, all of it was for nothing. And that is not a message that Sargeras, in his, at this point, demented, overwhelming pride and hubris, was willing to listen to. He was not going to be to hear it. And everything he's done since from striking down the Pantheon to recapturing them to trying to break them in their, in his torture chamber has been about getting them to agree with him, getting them to see things his way. And it's interesting to think about the way they act about this mission that they have kind of does beg the question, did they get this mission from anybody? Like, did they literally 
do they know they know about the first ones uh we know that because odin knows about the first one yeah which means if odin knows about it the titans have to know about them at least in some capacity yeah if if odin knows then the titans absolutely know because odin all of odin's original knowledge comes from the titans if the titans know about the first ones were they literally just like the eternal ones from shadowlands were they made to 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 purpose as you've pointed out you've been saying this the whole time were they deliberately made to purpose and do they know that was sargeras literally rebelling against the first ones was he doing what the the jailer basically did and said no your your whole idea is dumb this isn't going to work we have to do something else and if so why was it just the void entities or if if he knew that this cosmos was supposed to go towards integrating all these different forces together one of those forces is void mm-hmm. and he hates the void the we, void drives him mad the void makes him so insanely angry that he joined up with fell which yeah, is not like, exactly much better for for context if anybody doesn't know uh sargeras when he originally came across a void infested planet uh split it in twain Right, like he he was the dread bearer of of this this burden, right? And it was a nascent world soul or a nascent soul that he had taken out because he didn't see another way to get around it. Uh, Void being completely anathema to what the Titans are, and in context, you know, in here, Titans are creatures of order. We know that. We know that they crave it. They want it. Uh, whether they're programmed for it or whatever, it is core to their being. Now, when you have something that is the complete opposite of that, in this case, the void, the void is all possibilities. The void is is chaos in so much of there is no one clear path. Everything is valid. Everything is true. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to note that on some versions of the cosmology chart, void and light are placed as opposites. But you could just as easily move the, the cosmology chart around and have order opposed to void because and also to keep in mind that shadow is very different than void. Yes. Shadow is not void. Void is, although they two do interact. They're, uh, they're, they're neighbors. But that's also another interesting thing. Cause we talk about fell briefly. Fell is also chaotic, but it's chaotic in a completely different way. It's not the void is kind of like, you know, the thousand truths idea, the idea that anything is possible. It's the, it's the unknown, unformed potential. It's what could be. Well, this could be, or that could be, or this could be, but none of yeah. them are yet, so we can't. Whereas fell is nothing. Well, kind of. It's fell all been f- destroyed. No, c- c- let me get to it. V- v- fell is not the potential thing. It's not the, we haven't made a decision yet. Fell is, we've made a disastrous decision. And that disastrous decision is mutually assured destruction between two other cosmic forces. Yes. And think about what that means about Fell and what that means about the cosmos and what that means about what we're talking about. Why is Ulderoth not the not the the preferred destination? Why isn't this what they want? Why are we stopping it? Because while Fell is about destruction, it's also about mutation. Evolution. Yeah, it's you don't have life without death. You don't have light without the void you don't have order without chaos these things aren't they are oppositional but they are also a continuum Mm -hmm. and you can't 
have a universe that just lets one of them be ascendant over all the others and call it good. Even, even if that force is personified by Titan followers and Titan worshipers, it doesn't mean that that's the proper outcome. Yeah. So like we talked about this before and I brought up that, that I, even when Anne was still here, Azeroth is unique, right? Among all planets in the cosmos, among all things in existence, Azeroth is unique. All elements and forces gather here, even void, even fell. All life on the that is born of the soil or uh, the make of Azeroth can wield all of them, including void, including shadow, all including ru- fell. Yep, we have. I, I mean, mean, that's a big part of it as well. And I want to put it like real quick when we go to Shadowlands and talk about the sepulchre of the first ones. We know that that particular realm has something that touches Azeroth. There is a piece of it that is programmed to touch Azeroth. And we are led to believe that there are other facilities in other realms of existence that were created or set up to do exactly the same thing. Which We've even heard of one. Which one was that? Zarathortis. Zarathortis. Which is apparently the Order one. And that might be, we've never actually figured out how the Titans get here. Why are the Titans in our world instead of in some other plane of existence? And they don't seem to Why? talk about it either. No, they, they very rarely do we hear anything. There's like been supposition that there's like little bits of cosmic force, uh, like arcane energy gets wrapped in a planet, but we don't. Why is arcane energy like a pearl? Like, you know, ooh, arcane energy. We better seal that up. Uh, so the cosmos puts it in a planet. I mean, we don't, we have no idea. We have no, we have no frame of reference for this. It's never been explained, but if the Titans, which, which are arcane beings, because the plane of order is often also called the plane of our, the arcane power. That's the energy you see coming out of Azeroth when it's wounded. And the well of eternity forms is arcane power. Arcane power also forces things to evolve. Because we, we know if you expose, say, Murlocs to it, you get Jinyu. If you expose Dark Trolls to it, you get Night Elves. You know? So why does it do that? What does that have to do with the fact that they were calling... We, the, the, the Mogul were calling the power they were using to mutate life Anima. Yeah, I was going to say, we also don't know that other powers can't do that or don't do that. That's, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. What if that's why Fel and Arcane, which are supposedly so opposed, can both do this? Mm-hmm. Except that because Anima can do this, and they're all forms of Anima. All of it is. Because everything's made of Anima, right? Yeah, that's, what, that's well, one of the lessons that Shadowlands taught us, is that everything in existence is, is or is comprised of Anima. And anything that doesn't made of anima and that destroys anima is from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And now think about this: that co- that goes for for void entities too. That goes for you know even the craziest, most old gaudy things. There has to be a, a part of that in the cosmos. You need to have you you have to have the possibilities both of the fell kind and of the void kind. You have to have the possibilities of the unknown and the possibilities of the unwanted. You made, you made this analogy a while ago and I I still remember it. I have it written down in my, my notebook of, yes, I have a notebook next to my computer that whenever we do these episodes and we get into wild tangents, I make notes for later reference because we get on some wild tangents, folks. You made a reference to basically the void being 
almost like an infinite sea and it's easy to get lost on it. Mm-hmm. And the light is that lighthouse at the end that lets you sort of find your path, right? It's very it's very similar to what old navigation was. It's very similar to if you want to go the 40k route what the astro tele, uh, the astro telepathica does in the sea of a chaotic storm of energies uh guiding humanity or guiding ships from one point to another. Light lets you navigate the chaos and without the chaos Light doesn't have a purpose without the light. Chaos doesn't really do anything either. It just kind of yeah. roils upon itself. Another way to look at it is like there's the old T.S. Eliot uh, quote from the poem. It's like between the you know between the act and the you know the execution falls the shadow. The shadow, the void. Uh, they're not quite the same thing, but you know, wh- the void is basically all the stuff that we don't know what it is. Light shines on it and now okay now we know this thing is one of the things that we didn't know but now we know it if you don't go that way all the stuff that you deliberately avoid is fell but that stuff isn't deliberately avoided by everybody because there has to be the ability to make different choices if you don't have the ability to make different choices then everything is just a clockwork ticking its way down to the end. The only way for there to be a possibility of there being more is for there to be less. You have to be able to screw up in order to achieve more than you could, than you think you can do. If everything is just programmed, if everybody is just a servant to order being imposed on them, then everybody is just a slave and slavery is the robbing of potential. It's, it's the, taking a taking a being and saying you don't get to choose who you are you don't get to choose what you do you can just do and you'll if you don't do then we we will purge you and find something else it treats beings like cogs but th- that's the whole oddly enough it was the inf- infinite dragonflight who once said you know we will shatter this clockwork universe but i think that's because they understand that it isn't clockwork it can't be clockwork. If the cosmos becomes clockwork, then there's no point. The only reason we have clocks is to tell us what time it is, you know? And they just do that. That's all they do. They don't make time. They don't speed time up or slow time down. They don't use time. They just tell you what it is. That's fine for a clock. That can't be a universe. A universe where everything is preordained, where everything is set up, I mean, that's just as bad from the Titans' perspective when they're not, you know, losing it like Sargeras did. It's just as bad to have a universe where nothing can change or grow. I mean, that's why they have the, you know, Sholazar. That's why they had Ungoro. They didn't just want to leave Azeroth and to, to go about its business. They wanted to perfect it. Perfecting it does not necessarily mean making it just like them. And that's, I think, the thing we keep missing. When the Titans are fully in control of the show when it's not the mogu making decisions when it's not other titan forged making decisions, when it's not odin when the titans themselves are running the show even just through like you know distant updates the purpose isn't to make azeroth be just you know a, a, a patterned organized thing because look at the we it was always said that the emerald dream was the blueprint the backup right mm-hmm or if at least the, we've posited um, that, yeah. If the Emerald Dream was considered to be the backup, why was it wilder and more untamed? 
why would we go back to less Titan if things went wrong? Yeah, and, and it's funny you mention that, too, because this leads into another line of thinking that I've been thinking about for a while. And this is something that I think we talked about maybe a year or two years ago. It's been a while. Is this idea of what does the final Titan mean or what does that even mean? Oh, my God. I was just going to say that. And I was like, I got to wait and let him talk. Go ahead. Okay. Go, I, think no, no. I, think, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah. I was thinking about that like, just in terms of this much. And then I'll let you say what you were going to say. But we keep looking at the final Titan and, and not really focusing on what final means. Mm-hmm. I mean, final could mean the last Titan, but it could also meet the Titan who ends Titans. Yep. Um, and not necessarily in a destroys them way. There won't be Titans after this because there won't be the separation of these different forces. Like, you know, this being will bring about a new order. And I think you know. to that effect, and this is where I was going with it on that same page, we're already there. We talked mm-hmm. about this before. Mm-hmm. What happens when we fight Algalon? We beat him, even though that's not possible. What does he say and about us? He goes, you, how, how, how do you manage to defeat, you know, against cosmically calculated odds? Perhaps it is your imperfection, that which gives you free will. Now think about that. Think about everything that we've gone through, everything we've done. We can very clearly travel the dimensions. We are able to go to the Shadowlands. Shadowlands showed us that much. We are, we are essentially the Maw Walker. We are, we are these fantastic entities of beings of almost Nephilim proportions. We are the distillation of all of these forces into one physical form. We might be what the end result was intended. Everybody keeps arguing that Azeroth is going to wake up and like the shell is going to crack and the, you know, there's going to be another Titan born and the Titan will, uh, you know, ride off into the sunset and fight the void Titans. And that's why the old gods are here to try to corrupt it and turn it into a void Titan and, and all this stuff. But when the old gods corrupt things, what do they corrupt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They corrupt us. And- they started with Titans and tried to turn those Titans into things of flesh so they could manipulate them more effectively. And then when they did that, suddenly they created beings that absolutely could and often do follow them. But they also created beings that can go into their sanctum after they've broken their chains and kill them. Yeah, because we are the we we can do what the Titans couldn't. Mm hmm. The Titans, now, the Titans, they might not die because, you know, they're weird, but still. We, but we, we don't know stop that. Them. Yeah. Uh, but it, again, we don't know that. We don't know that C- Cthulhu is still alive. We don't know. No, we have no idea what's going on with them. They the, might be alive. They might be dead. But even if they are alive, we stopped them. And we stopped them cold. Yeah. But I mean, I keep I keep coming back to that. I keep coming back to that. And, and it's it's impossible after spending so much time playing Diablo 4 and going through that story and talking about it to not see the parallels there. Mm-hmm. We are essentially the Nephilim. What if that is the entire purpose of Azeroth? It's not for Azeroth itself to get up. But what if that's like it's parallel with Argus? Argus was used as a power for an engine, right? Mm-hmm. And what did that engine do? It's I su- mean, that engine basically acted as a resurrection machine. That continued to take in all these souls as a resurrection point, churn them through, push them back into our reality and back out into the universe. And we knew that the power of its soul, its anima, whatever you want to call it, could do that. We also know that the power it contained was enough to break the Arbiter when it was forced through into the Shadowlands, something that was never supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. 
what if that's kind of what Azeroth was always meant to be in the first place? Not in painful torture like Argus was. Because again, how does Sargeras know to do that? How, how did he know to do that with a Titan soul? Yeah, how did he know to do it to the Pantheon? Because he did. He knew how to convert the Pantheon. He knew how to take their souls. He knew how to extract them. He knew how to do a whole bunch of stuff that seems very, very odd. And likely it's due to the Nathrazim, and there's there's probably something there. And we that's a topic for another story. But I don't think Azeroth was ever meant to wake up. Not fully. Uh, I actually have a completely different idea, but it's based on basically the same idea. Okay, go for it. Azeroth has woken up. This is this is as awake as it gets. Yep, that's why I no, was kind of no, going. I don't mean this is as awake as it gets. I mean you are a thought mm. that mm. Azeroth is having. Yes, as is every other being on Azeroth. This is how it manifests itself. It manifests as a multitude. Yeah, we of, were get, we were getting to the same point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is it is a multiplic- multiplicative being. It is not. They are not just this gold. You know, and for that matter. That doesn't might actually be the case for all Titans. Or what the Always, original case might have been. Yeah, we've only seen Titans like through like either their creations or the result of what happens when their physical form got destroyed. But what was now, missing from those other Titans that Azeroth had? I mean, we could come up with a few, but go ahead and tell me yours because I'm see if if I'm even close. Not only does it have the facilities from all of the realities that touch it. It also is one of the few that has successfully had void infused into it that has not been fully consumed. No, no, it has not. Every in other fact, planet, every other planet that's had that happen to him was destroyed or in like the form of Koresh has been fully consumed. Argus was blown partially uh, apart and part of it, the part that was void consumed was completely detached from it. I mean, there's also that world uh, that we know um, one of the loons, uh, chosen managed to destroy the old god and stop it mm-hmm. um so but that's that's a loon again so that might actually tie into it but one of the things i was thinking as you were talking about that though which i think is related to it it's not that that we've had the void infused into the world and managed to survive it it's that we can actually make the void do what we want it to yep. do and not what it wants to do if it even knows what it wants to do because we have the capacity to look at all the thousand truths it throws at us and say, I want this one, which is not something that the void knows what to do about. We can wield the lighthouse. It tries to break. It tries to break people so that they don't, they just start doing whatever they're told by the whispers. But if you can listen to the whispers and not just not be broken, you can control it. And that's, that's something we see with Illyria and the void elves. And it's something we've seen with other characters. Like we've seen it with like even Zeliac, who was like, yeah, I'm a dead corpse. I'm completely suffused with the power of death, but I can use the light and I can tell the light what to do. And the light will do it because I believe that I can do this. I have faith that I can do it. And I was thinking about this ever since uh, in Shadowlands, we got the whole bit with, uh, oh, bloody heck, um, Argus's sister, Kalia, uh, Kalia Menethil, where we hear the whole thing where, they go to the Shadowlands and they're like, well, you know, I was, I was raised this way. And the, and the first one of the Shadowlands, whose name I'm forgetting says necromancy, isn't a type of mad. It is not a type of power. Any, any force that is sufficiently powerful can perform necromancy. You can perform necromancy with the light. You can perform necromancy yep. with the void. You can perform necromancy with fell. And we already knew that. Shaman, about the can, void do that. Shaman can do it as well. Yeah. Shaman can raise the dead, which is necromancy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, all these different powers can do it 
Uh, pretty much every, like the druids using nature magic can absolutely raise the dead. Um, uh, I don't remember if monks have a res, but I'm pretty sure they do. They do. Yeah. And that means monks can do it with chi. Chi is pretty close to being just pure anima. Yep. It might even be pure anima. Warlocks um, can raise the dead. Paladins can raise the dead. Priests can raise the dead. Shaman can raise the dead. Druids can raise the dead. Um, the only ones that can't, uh, sorry, uh, death knights can raise the dead. Um, demon hunters can't fighters can't warriors war yeah warriors sorry i will i again too much diablo yeah. folks <laughs> yeah, we, i mean for that matter mages can't yet evokers can yeah mages are are a hop skipping and jump away from that because they're they're now starting to mess around with the power of time yeah they could reverse and, and speed up time so which yeah, we know that the bronze dragon flight has done has rolled back time in order to save people um, we've watched them do. We actively participate with that in a dungeon when we're fighting Murazond, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so literally every classification of power currently on Azeroth has the ability to commit necromancy. Yeah. Death magic. The power of death that you see in the Shadowlands isn't the same thing as necromancy. Necromancy is just using a kind of power to do that. And that means if you think about it, we're the first people to embody that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, sure, like we see the Titans doing stuff with, with the, you know, with their power and we see the, the, the old gods and all that, but we never see so many different kinds of power used by one group. Like you don't hear about Titans, although you do kind of in that Sargeras became a fell Titan and we know you could be a void Titan, but even then they don't embody void and fell or light and fell well think about it when we last saw sargeras he didn't exactly look like he was exactly fell corrupted no he just looked like he was cracking open a lot like deathwing Mm -hmm. and it's it might be more along the lines of he just simply had too much power in him which we know is a theme like we're literally in abris when we're in the raid abris and we're fighting against kazara and we're looking at the creation of shadow flame that's what that is right like shadow flame is sh- the the shadow flame everything in abaris is all about that if nothing else it's about combining those forces of power in making something new from it and that power being it, it can be destructive but it can also be i don't want to say creative but it, it's oh it mutates things it mutates you, things it absolutely does right yeah it god no i was i was just agreeing with you so I mean, I, but I think that's fascinating. But like, getting, like that's why I kept I keep hounding on this, and I keep coming back to this point that the reason that this is the preferred timeline is because of us. We are supposed to exist. We are supposed to be the weapons, the idealization, the 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 defense mechanism of the cosmos in a way. Think of all the things that we are capable of. And again, going back to Algalon, we whoop them good. We we take out the Constellars. We fought three of them at this point, at least, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We fought three. We've not lost. They're supposed to be on par with the Titans, or at least maybe a step below them. We've whooped them good. We've beaten the Manifestation of Sargeras. We've beaten his lieutenants infused with his power and fell. We've taken out the Nathrezim. We've we've gone through and defeated the Jailer, who is on par with the Titan, after it got its groove back, so to speak. We did a whole lot of stuff that we shouldn't theoretically be able to do. And I think that's the point. That's- and that's even brought up. Um, when you kill uh, Argus, 
the the one of the points is made in the quest is that this shouldn't be possible. You shouldn't be able to kill Argus. I think that's one of the reasons that when Argus's essence went to the Shadowlands, it broke the Arbiter because he's not. At no time is death supposed to touch him. But that's from the old outmoded idea that these forces are separate and inviolate from each other. That you can't you can't be fell and light and void and you know you can't be all this at once. But I think Illidan, of all people, was the first to really start understanding that. Yeah, you could. I think I think he might be because oh, of the entities on Azeroth that have the capacity to understand it. He's one of them. I think the other one yeah. is Queen Azara. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Azara absolutely. I think I'm she understands saying, the truth of it. I think the reason I mentioned Illidan is because, in a way, you see him doing it. Yeah, he's doing exactly he, that. He approaches the Fell as if it were just arcane magic and it works even though he knows it's different he knows it isn't the same force but he uses it the well, just same look, way. At, look at demon hunters right that's what demon mm-hmm. hunters are the demon hunters are essentially taking that felt taking the power of demons and ingesting it into themselves right and and using and, that yeah. as a furnace and and using it very much against the things that uh, consider themselves to be the masters of fell uh, in much the same way that what, what Illyria and later the void elves is doing is basically saying to the void. Yeah, no, no more of you telling us what to do, which we know We're other entities can do as well. Cause look at locust Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And locust Walker is, um, Oh, bloody heck. Ethereal. They are. Thank you. And ethereal. But when we say Azeroth, we talk about the planet, but it might be more fair to say that the, the universe, the universe of Azeroth, yeah. the cosmos that it is in, uh, all these, Zareths that might exist that almost certainly do exist. We know of two. It's it's unlikely there aren't others. What would the Fell Zareth be doing? Where is it? What is it like? Um, that's I think Oldoros, uh, not Oldoros, uh, Oldoroth. The reason it's not a desired cosmos from the perspective of the Titans is that it doesn't lead to new discoveries. It doesn't lead it, to new understanding. It doesn't yeah, it lead stifles, to anything. It stifles uh, evolution, right? It's yeah. it's it's a full-on evolutionary stop. And I think when we were talking about it with Mitch, that's sort of where we ended up, right? Um, so, like, our timeline is an amalgamation of all of the, the decisions that, that we've made to this point every offshoot timeline are ripples of the decisions that could have been. And so Alderoth is sort of that ripple of decision of what if the Titans never left? What if they, what if they stayed around and imposed their will while lording over the planet for eons? And, Mm -hmm. but again, I go back to that whole, they're not programmed for that. That's not what we are led to believe was their intention. And for that matter, I mean, if you look at the way that the Titans interacted with each other about Azeroth, it's not something they thought was a good idea. Like, to the point where they didn't... The one time that a Titan bodily interfaced with Azeroth, he heard it. Mm -hmm. And and they knew that it was delicate work. That's why they made their various servitors and sent them in instead of coming in themselves. And when Amonthul, who is the wisest of the Pantheon, decided, I'm just going to rip it out. It, it ended up being far worse than if he'd left it there. And that, I think, I think the issue here, I think the reason Alderoth exists is because in a timeline where, for whatever reason, Amonthul didn't do that, they didn't learn that lesson. They didn't learn that their direct interaction with Azeroth 
was not good for Azeroth. And as a result of that, they just meddled their heads off. Because why wouldn't they? You know, they don't have to, you know, think about when you're playing Sims. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't actually have to go in and physically man- manipulate your Sims. It's a video game. The, you know, you, the game has programs and you just tell it what to do. That's what they were doing with the Titan Forge. The Titan Forge was ex- uh, basically tiny nanites to the Titans that they could put in there and just tell the nanites do whatever. And if they didn't realize, oh, we could mess things up, we could hurt this world, then they would just keep doing it. Why wouldn't they? If they never learned that lesson, then they would just keep doing it. And I think that's why the dragon aspects exist. The reason, because remember, Tyr is the one who recruited them, mm-hmm. but they get their power from the Titans. Yeah, the and, Titans the, and Tyr, them. Yeah, I was going to say, and Tyr is one of the ones that we're learning about right now mm-hmm. that maybe evolved past his programming. He yeah, and, understood and the enormity of what they were doing. Yeah, and he did that by making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Galakrond. Like, the whole bit with Galakrond was a, was a, just a gigantic beep. I mean, I, I can't say it in words even, that are not vulgar. Even outside of like the the inf, the the infestation from uh, it was Cthulhu. No, it was um, yeah, Yog. It was, was Yog Saron. Even with the infestation from Yog Saron, uh, you know, notwithstanding. Galakron potentially would have been an awful idea because we don't know that the necromancy part of it was just because of Yogg. We don't know what the true first experiment was, but we do know that this is not what Tyr intended, and it was a huge mistake, and he learned from it. And what did he learn from it? He learned, I'm going to be more careful, and I'm not going to do exactly that. So I'm going to change things up. I'm going to split it up so it's not all my eggs in one basket because maybe that's too much for one entity to be able to handle. And oh. he also chose mortals. And he chose mortals. Yeah, the dragons at the time were mortal beings. He chose them because they were tied to Azeroth. Mm-hmm. And he even said that. You're tied to this world. You can sense things faster than we can. We're not tied to the world the way you are. And that, Alduroth Old, is... The creation of beings who are not tied to the world. That is what it looks like when beings who don't concern themselves with ideas like being tied to the world decide they're in charge. Yeah, like the best way I can put it is like if you've ever seen um, a Tron, Tron is really the best example of it, right? It's what happens when the programming is just left to run and look at Tron, Tron Legacy. Like, it's making its own decisions. It's left to its own devices. This is a world that doesn't have context, which is why when the user comes in, when when you have somebody into that world that has perspective, that has sort of something outside of the basic programming, they're hailed as such a hero. They're hailed as such a um, disruptive force, right? They understand things that the program can't. And that's what Titans are. We keep, I keep referring to them as, as programmed beings, but I think it's accurate. Like I, I just keep looking at them and they, they are programmed for very specific things. Have you ever read uh, the structure of scientific revolutions? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a, like just a real bare bones idea about it. But the basic concept is one example is oxygen. We didn't know oxygen existed for a very long time. When things burned, People would, would like look at the burning, like, okay, you add fire to wood and you get dust and ash. Why? Why is why is it you know, why does fire do this? Why do these things turn into this? And one idea was that 
something called phlogiston was responsible. Phlogiston was like a, a spirit essence that was inside things that burned. And when you burn them, the phlogiston is released. And for, for eons, for like literally thousands of years, people were trying to prove about trying to collect phlogiston and prove it. And there was a French uh, chemist named Cuvier who kept doing the experiments and he kept saying, this doesn't make sense. The phlogiston, like when you burn this, if there's phlogiston in it, that's being released, the weight should change dramatically. And it isn't changing dramatically. The, the weight of, if you burn a log that weighs 10 pounds, the ash and soot and pieces will still weigh about 10 pounds, give or take. I mean, it, it, there's a little change, but it isn't, it does not represent phlogiston. Where is the phlogiston? I can't find it. But he was executed uh, during the French Revolution, and though he never got to get his idea all the way there, uh, it, it fell to an English uh, chemist who took Cuvier's work. And this has nothing to do with him being superior because he's English or any of that. The English absolutely said that, but that's not the case. He himself admitted, "No, it was Cuvier. I just, you know, I just got. I wasn't, you know, about to be executed. I had time to sit and look at it and finally realize." There's no such thing as phlogiston. What's happening is when we burn the wood, something is actually being added to it. Mm-hmm. That's causing it to, to take. Oh, this yes. Form. Yeah, I do remember this. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's a paradigm shift. And to me, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, what, what we're looking at is a paradigm shift from Titans are, co- are these, you know, coherent beings of, of arcane power who exist in the, our universe as big giant goobers who, you know, order everything. And, and that is something we've seen them doing, but the paradigm shift is why they're doing and what the, it ultimately is supposed to be. Because if you look at Azeroth, what do they do with all those experimental zones they built and all these weird labs and they're trying to make, beings yeah funny you should mention that so this is something that i wanted to bring up and this is something that happens in uh when you go to alderloth when you go there despite it being a titanic paradise there is combat and as a matter of fact we actually fight freya there uh and it's very similar to antorus afterwards we obtain a watcher's log and if you're talking about why isn't this you know the the preferred timeline wasn't alderloth it let me read a couple things uh you get it and it, you open it up, you press it, and it says, Species designate, Yangol. Content, a study of the species' habits and applied learning. First document in the first log, according to records left by previous watchers, subjects have been living in a cave system for generations. Subjects appear to have mastered basic tools and fire. Some appear to be in adult stage, with the, which is impressive. Catch and release programs initiated for additional study. The next log. Prior records indicate a previous watcher's interest in this species. Upon further investigation of information gathered, records indicate Yungle have an average lifespan of 20 years. These findings indicate the longest non-bestial lifespan found so far. Further studies of their ways could increase watcher lifespan significantly. Next log. This log has been found behind the wreckage of a previous watcher. Investigation into its claims has yielded positive results. Initial studies suggest that adoption of the Yangal's run-and-hide-in-caves strategy has led to a 75% increase in local watcher lifespan. We plan to find some way to transmit these findings to the larger watcher community, assuming contact can be resumed. And the last part of it. 
Past records indicate a previous watcher's attempt at replicating Yongle defense mechanisms. While preliminary results were promising, continued testing resulted in a learned response from the local wildlife, and any prior gains were eliminated. Evidently, running and hiding in small caves was the important part of the tactic, attempting to modify watcher construction systems to allow for smaller watchers in the future. They learned nothing in Alderloth at this point when we go there and we see the utopia. The average humanoid lifespan doesn't exist past 20 years, or at least it's shorter than that. The Yongle are actually much more long-lived than most of the other ones. And they're living in caves, which is like, what is the, so you have cave Yongle? Yeah. Yeah, just, it is interesting to think about this. The cave Yongle that are are hiding from the, like, whatever wildlife, so the dinosaurs, the devil sars, um, or anything else that might be roaming around the planet, because again if the Titan watchers were never created, not in the the real sense that we know them as, and thus nothing ever smaller was created, such as the earthen or anything else, this is it. That's all there is. Life isn't that hardy anymore because it can't, it, it, Azeroth is a much different place as a result of it. It doesn't have those defense mechanisms and life just stunted. It wouldn't even have elves. Yeah. This is not, and again, this is not Torrin. This is Yongol. Yeah. And it's obviously Yongol that are not much like the Yongol we know. And the only reason the Yongol we know are the way they are is because the Mogu amped them up for warfare. Mm-hmm. Before that, they might have been like Eohippus, for all we know. They might have been little tiny sheep people. Because, you know, sheep are the closest relatives to, to cows. Boss. Boss, and they're, they're all ruminants. So maybe they were like little sheep people. We, we have no idea. But that's interesting to think about that concept that we've been talking about this whole time. The idea that Alderoth doesn't like, it doesn't lead to any knowledge. It doesn't lead to any changes. It doesn't lead to any new perspectives. And for all that they love order, the Titans that weren't cuckoo for, for, you know, destruction pops like Sargeras wanted to learn new things. Like when you go to the end of Antorus, the Titans address you and they don't talk to you like you're a moron. Or no, they don't. A, or a spec. They talk to you like you're a thinking being that can understand them. It's actually, I got more respect from Amonthul than I did from Odin. Wild to Amonthul, think about, right? Amonthul who made Odin, who to whom Odin is like, you know, a, a remote controlled toy that he uses to fix things. Talk to me like I was a Pokemon. Amonthul talked to me like I was like the last hope for the entire universe. Just like we've been saying, just like you've been saying this whole time, that's how the Titans talked to us when we interacted directly with them. They did not treat us like we were disposable or less than. Because if they, and think about it, if they were talking to you and we are, and the, the mortal beings of, of Azeroth are what we think they are, then they were talking to a Titan, the final Titan. Yeah. They were talking to it. They'd be, there they are. You know, that's actually something to think about as we move forward. Like, Alderoth is doomed because it isn't going to create that. Yeah, there will I'm- be no process. All these dimensions, all of them, there are dimensions where one force is ascendant and the rest are not. And and it's also something to think about, too, that because of that, not only is Alderoth sort of doomed, the universe is doomed existence is hanging precariously Mm -hmm. in the balance as a result of it 
because there is nothing to stand against the void or whatever the the great consumer is. Yeah, because think We're about it. To, we don't know what it is yet, but it's definitely it's almost like that Pokemon monster. Do you remember the Pokemon monster in the original game that was basically a glitch? Yep, it's unknown. like that. Yeah, it's like an unknown, a glitch, a nothing, a thing that can't be, not a thing that shouldn't be or isn't. It's literally the inverse of creation. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating. I think that it is. It, it, I will never ever not be surprised at how I think we've all been thinking about this wrong for years. That it's again, Azeroth isn't necessarily the final Titan in the way that we think, and that. Matt is right in that we are all manifestations of Azeroth's thoughts and dreams or id. Um, and that's why we can do the things we can do. That's why the Pantheon doesn't talk down to us like, ha ha ha, tiny flesh thing. No, they, they address us directly. They thank us because who could have saved them but another Titan, at least in their grand scheme of things, right? It's why... Even when we go to the Pantheon of Death, even when we're in the Shadowlands, none of them treat us like we're, you know, stupid. They, I think they recognize to a certain uh, amount of like, or a certain point, what we are. Maybe not fully, maybe not until the end. Um, well, the Maul Walker thing is actually very interesting. Yeah, because we're, that's something they're not used to. We're doing something they can't. Mm-hmm. We're doing something that even the Jailer couldn't do. That's why he needed his ridiculously elaborate circuitous plan. My ridiculously circuitous plan is one quarter complete. I, I'm sorry, but every time I saw the jailer doing his stuff, I always thought that. But you're, like, but you're not wrong. No, but I, seriously, that's why he needed to do that because he didn't. He needed Sylvanas because he couldn't do the stuff he had her doing, but she could because where is she from? Yeah. Yeah. So I. I, I, I think that answers at least that. We could talk about this for a while longer, but I think it's fascinating. It's fascinating to sit and talk about the timelines and why ours needs to be preserved. And you sort of get a, a, a an idea of that as you're moving through the current patch of why things have to go this way, why things are so bad if they don't. To, I steal, mean, to steal an idea from the Marvel, uh, you know, Infinity War and Endgames, there's one reality where this, this thing can actually be one and it's not any of the ones where only one force is going to go in there and fight by itself. None of them can do this. You can't defend all of reality with one eighth of reality. You have to defend all of reality with all of reality. And I think the first one saw that. I think that that's why this timeline has to be preserved in the manner that it is not because the Titan saw it, but because the first one saw this eons ago at the dawn of their creation when they started pushing everything into motion because if they didn't everything would be for naught and reality would cease to exist potentially but that's why there's one true timeline it's it's, not because the titans decided there should be one true timeline it's because there's literally only one timeline where nothing that if you go to a certain point everything is dead you have to go with the one timeline that can actually get past that point and that's where we're at but I think that's going to do it for today. Folks, thank you very much. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to your generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the Q&A ads free site experience. Again, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those in. You can mail us at 
podcast at blizzardwatch.com, singular podcast. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Discord, you can. We have the Q&A podcast questions channel. And for our Patreon supporters, this is a way of saying thank you for keeping the lights on. Uh, we have our Patreon Q&A podcast questions channel where we tend to look for first for questions or themes for the show. Uh, if you can't support us monetarily, again, we understand. This is where I'm going to make that call to action, folks. Be sure to leave us comments or likes or or upvotes or whatever is available on the platform that you're listening to us on or share us with your friends. Those matter just as much as everybody else that's helping us keep the lights on with money donations. Spotify looks at that. Apple looks at that. um, uh, Stitcher and everywhere else looks at that as well. So everywhere we are, the more you like and share, the more you put our content out there, the more their algorithms pick it up and put it out there. This also includes YouTube. If you weren't aware, we upload all of our podcasts to YouTube as well on the Blizzard Watch channel. Uh, you can go there, like, subscribe, and all that other good good stuff. I know you're probably sick of hearing it from all of your content creators out there. Yeah, but we're kind of in a place where we kind of have to. Guys. It's <laughs> not that we love... Nobody likes to get up and say, hey, now that we've done our show, please, please, please. But, I mean, we can't all just decide we're going to turn a beloved social media site into x.com. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, yeah, but again, that, that does matter. The likes and, and, and subscriptions there work as well because uh, that feeds into the YouTube stuff feeds into YouTube music, which is a separate application that does feed our podcast to people as well. So you, that those do make a divine difference for us mm-hmm. and uh, the longevity of our show and site. Can't uh, see me, but I'm nodding. <laughs> so thank you very much, folks. We appreciate all of your continued support. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.